today on the Tearsheet Podcast. The last thing I'll mention is something I touched on before, which is design. A lot of work going on uh, in our design function. We have uh, Karen Hansen, who's just our, our chief design officer, and she's just been fantastic. Equally focused like I am in terms of creating the environment for a design-led uh, organization. But we have been assessing all of the experiences that we have, all the customer journeys that we have, and identifying where we have we feel like we have customer experience gaps, where we need to improve, how do we prioritize that work in the backlog of the various product teams. And so really obsessing over you know, every single interaction and touch point that customers have with us and how we improve it. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. When startups come on this podcast, we talk a lot about the need and the challenge to deliver digital financial services at scale there's probably no better example of that in the U.S. market today than J.P. Morgan Chase. The firm has 60 million clients that access Chase products and services through digital channels. When it comes to scale, you don't need to look solely to big tech. Chase is already there. On this episode, I'm joined by Rohan Amin, Chase's Chief Product Officer, and Gil House, Chase's Chief Information Officer. You'll get a feel for the rapport between the two executives as we explore their roles and responsibilities in leading the firm forward into the future. Rohan and Gil discuss the evolving dependence consumers are building around their banking apps and the role banks play in their lives. We also talk about the firm's hiring activities and its appetite around technology talent right now. Chase's Gil House and Rohan Amin are my guests today on the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Rohan Amin. I'm the Chief Product Officer here at Chase. Uh, which means I'm responsible for product development, uh, design, data and analytics, as well as digital, including Chase.com and our Chase mobile app. Great. Welcome. And Gil, who are you and what do you do? Thank you also for having me, Zach. I'm Gil House. I am the Chief Information Officer here at Chase. And that means I'm responsible for the technology, for everything from our ATMs to our branches, to our lending platforms, to the website mobile application that our 60 million customers use. Welcome to you as well. Glad to have both of you. Glad to be here, Zach. So, so Ron, last time we spoke, um, you've, you've since moved into the chief product officer role. Um, I'm curious to know about that transition um, and how your day-to-day has changed. Uh, it's been great. And, you know, I was, I was fortunate to have a great partner in Allison Beer, who was the previous chief product officer. Uh, and now she's moved on and, and she's running our card business. Uh, and now I get to work with Gil. Uh, who it's just fantastic. Gil joined, you know, during the pandemic actually, uh, and seeing Gil go from digital to running engineering uh, has been has been great. Um, actually, it's a it's just sort of like a good example of the mobility that we have uh, around here as a as a uh, for talent and for for leadership development. Um, but for me, the transition has been great. Uh, you know, uh, the way we sort of ran things before, uh, Alice and I were kind of co-piloting the organization, if you will, uh, and so I view this very much like just me on the other side of the same coin. Uh, and so Gil and I uh, partner very closely. The organization sees us together in all of our reviews, town halls, engagements. Um, and we very much believe in sort of like the same co-piloting strategy. So I think of it as sort of like minor and majoring. Uh, you know, before I was majoring in technology and now I'm minoring in technology and majoring in product development, strategy, roadmaps. Um, you know, design, customer experience, all those uh, aspects. So it's been it's been really enjoyable. And I get I guess I I say that um, I get involved in as much technology as I'd like to, and then I'd leave the rest to Gil. 
Sounds like cake and eat it too. So I, I'm curious, how is, has the day-to-day um, sort of the nuts and bolts of what you do been ch- changed, I guess, with that transition? Yeah, yeah, it definitely has. Um, you know, I spend more time, for example, thinking about the customer experience, more time making sure that we're thinking about omni-channel and how do customers, how do we help customers and meet them where they want to be. I spend more time thinking about our personalization strategy uh, and how do we bring value to customers with all the different touch points and interactions that they have with us. So those are the types of things that I spend more time on. Data and analytics, I spend a lot more time on than I did mm-hmm. previously. So yes, uh, the day-to-day has has changed, um, but I still get to be involved in the in the engineering aspects as well, which for me is also interesting. Awesome. And uh, I'm going to throw a similar question over to you, Gil. Uh, you went from being the head of digital technology to chief information officer. I'm curious how how your role has changed and how your work with Rowan and, and his team, how you work with him in this new capacity. Yeah, I will tell you, having a product leader that is also an engineering leader is an incredible thing. Um, and it does help because uh, I, I love Rohan's answer, which is I get involved as much of the technology as I want to get involved in. There are times we throw in as much as we possibly can, which is important because technology is underpinning everything that we are building from a product. And so it helps us really lead. In the, I love the co-pilot description that you gave, Rohan. It helps us lead in that co-pilot fashion because people recognize that it really is one organization. You can't have the product without the data, without the technology, et cetera. Um, and it's also extremely exciting. And so look, I, I know Rohan's like doing incredible work on product side, but we were rethinking and have been really underneath uh, Rohan's leadership and continuing everything from how we hire, how we train our, our, our people, to how we build, test, deploy, and manage our applications. Why that's exciting is we are a one of the largest banks in, in the world. We have 60 million, as I mentioned, digitally active customers, and we are replumbing everything that we do. And so what's exciting for me, and I think exciting for the people that are here and why a lot of people are joining the organization too, because we're hiring thousands of people, Zach, is that you have the opportunity to transform the technology from heritage we have to modern cloud and you name the provider and do that while supporting millions of customers every single day and the things that drive their lives, which is, it sounds easy when I say those words, but the technical ability, the skill, the complexity, the problem solving, it's second to none. And I think it's career defining for the people that are here over the next couple of years as well. I appreciate that, Gil. And every time I, I speak to people at, at Chase, I'm always impressed at the scale that you guys operate. It's it, it's 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 mind blowing in certain ways. Um, and I guess a lot of you, you mentioned 60 million users. I guess you know through this pandemic, our behaviors have changed. Users have changed. Um, I know you guys published in at, at the end of 2021 um, the latest iteration of your digital banking attitude study, um, and I believe it showed that 62 percent of consumers believe that their banking app is a service they can no longer live without. Um, curious, why do you, what do you believe contributed to this strong dependence and what changes have you made to the digital offer, I guess, to play into this? Yeah, it's, it's great, Zach. And, you know, I think largely it was just because of convenience, super easy to use uh, at a time over the past couple of years where people were facing all sorts of challenges um, and inability to, you know, get to the place where they needed to be. So being able to self-serve, use digital um, has been fantastic. And we've seen real shift, like the volume of customers on mobile, for example, has increased significantly over the past couple of years, uh, more than sort of like 75% of mortgages are originated online, more than sort of half of uh, deposit accounts are created online. Um, you know, we have millions of customers who are interacting with us on credit journey and checking their credit scores off. And like all of this stuff 
is just happening digitally. Uh, and it's been because it's really simple to use. One of the things that we focus on quite a bit, uh, and back to your earlier question around things that I do in my new role, um, is we're obsessed about the customer experience and design. Uh, and so this is not something that you would historically think of banks being really focused on, which is like a beautiful customer uh, experience. And we're doing exactly that. Uh, and with some of the experiences that we're launching, that we have launched and that are coming, um, are, I would say like arguably and objectively, the, the customer experiences that we will have will rival and be sort of, you know, best in class. Uh, we've got great design talent. We've got sort of an ethos around a design-led organization and thinking about the customer experience first and then sort of building our way back from there. And the net result of all that, you know, over the past couple of years and even going forward, it'll just be like really simple, easy to use um, experiences, which I think are just going to draw more people in. And I believe that, you know, digital and the mobile app, for example, are top reasons why people choose to bank you know, with Chase, uh, and I think are major decision factors um, for people to choose their banking relationship. So we're excited about it, and there's just a lot more to do, you know, in, on that front. Um, but yeah, we've definitely have seen a shift, you know, over the past two years, and I would say largely just because of convenience uh, and everything that we're doing to make it easier for customers. And if I could add on to that one, Rohan, as well, um, we also took advantage of the opportunity in the, the changing behavior, particularly during the pandemic, to really embrace Agile at a different scale. And this matters tremendously because when you think about the experiences that we want to, to build, whether it's uh, from our design team, our data team, the product team, and the tech teams, it's making sure that we have the most compelling experience. It's equal or better to anything that you would find out in the market. And when you work together as one team, which is what we're doing here, and you have your agile products that are truly customer back, you make decisions a little bit differently. In some cases, experiences before may have been built based on what we could do technically. This is just how our systems were architected. And so this is the user experience. It's good, but it doesn't really get you where you need to go. By working together in like a unified way, we look at what we really want, and then we build the technology behind the scenes to support what is needed so we can deliver that product with the right data in the design that works for customers that really speaks to the people that are using our products, which is a divergence from how it had worked before, which is incredibly exciting. You know, Gil mentioned something in terms of how we're organized, which I think is just worth, you know, emphasizing um, is our, you know, our journey to uh, agility and how we've organized. I've actually a number of people who have joined our organization externally um, have noted that, wow, like you all are really far along in this journey in the time frame that we did it in. Um, and so Gil rattled off a couple of things, but it's actually worth mentioning again, which is you know, the way that our product teams are constructed inside Chase, and we have roughly 100 product teams, um, and there's four main roles in those product teams. The, the head of the product, so the product manager, um, the, the engineering lead, uh, which is from Gil's organization, the design lead, uh, and the data and analytics lead. And so those four roles we view as sort of like really important. And if you actually look at how we're organized inside Chase, for every single CEO, um, there's those four roles are sitting at the table of those of the respective lines of business and CEO. So just kind of like to give you a sense of just how far we have taken the model and how robust it is, uh, it's pretty significant to have people sitting, those four roles sitting at each CEO table, and then also have those four roles be key to the hundred products that make up the Chase customer experience. Uh, I think that level of maturity is just, uh, you know, 
pretty significant and actually is a big deal in terms of our culture, how we operate uh, and how we're moving forward. Yeah, I definitely appreciate how how the product set and the uh, and the organization behind it have evolved sort of lock and step. Um, I want to go back to to the report. There was another piece of information I thought that was quite interesting there was that consumers were in, increasingly using digital banking for more than just like what you would think of a, a banking app, like uh, booking travel, for example. How is Chase responding to consumer demand for new and better features? So what's interesting is that, yes, we do see customers coming to us more than just sort of checking their balances and looking at recent transactions. And we think that is a significant growth area for us going forward. So to include things like there's millions of customers who are interacting with us on a regular basis to check their credit scores, engage with credit journey, for example, take actions on financial health. How do they improve? But then beyond that, you know, we've been public with the fact that we've acquired travel assets. And you're going to see travel just be a lot more integrated into the Chase app you know, going forward. You could already do it today. Um, and we have work to do to continue to enhance that overall experience. But being able to engage in, in travel, we now own the infatuation. And so the Zagat brand and restaurant reviews and all of that are now part of the Chase ecosystem. So travel, dining, you're going to come to your, your Chase mobile app to get uh, restaurant recommendations and travel hotel recommendations and have a seamless booking experience for both. Uh, and then be able to connect that with other partnerships that we have, like with Lyft and DoorDash. And so there's a lot going on that has nothing to do with your checking and savings account, um, as an example. And those are the areas that you're just going to see a lot more, more growth on. Um, and since we have almost 60 million people on the platform who are actively engaged, uh, it's a great opportunity for them to sort of take advantage of the benefits of being a member of Chase and the other things that they can get access to. We're so we're super excited about all that. And, you know, I, I, in addition to that, I would put this out there, which is you made a comment, Rohan, you said whether or not people come for their, their banking account information, et cetera, what they're doing in the account. But the fact that we do have 60 million um, active customers that are using checking, savings, um, their home lending, et cetera, we have a treasure trove of data about our customers in a good way because customers ask us to like, use that data wisely to help me with my money. So now we have our travel um, uh, site and information. We have, as you mentioned from infatuation, restaurant reviews, et cetera. We have a variety of other offers within our application. If we use all of that plus what we know about you as a customer, people talk about machine learning, a big data, all these sorts of things, but this is really an application of it. We use that data not only to come and have a seamless booking experience, but we know that you're planning on booking a trip or you're saving. We can lead you in that in a smarter way. We can be proactive and we use that data on a regular basis. And that's incredibly exciting, not just to our customers, but you think about the technical challenge for the people on our teams. It's incredibly wild to see us use that to make those recommendations that really matter to a customer when the, um, at the right time. Do you think, um, I guess as a corollary to that last question, does this sort of extend the definition of what people are beginning to think of as, as their bank and the type of services that a bank should provide? Or is it more just the evolution of, of personalization, I guess, writ large in the financial services industry? I personally think of it that for us, um, I, I think of as we're not a bank, we're Chase. And so the way I think about it is, you know, yes, we have banking relationship and that's what customers uh, come to us for. And that is sort of the, the main thing, if you will. Um, but there's a lot of other value that we can bring to, to customers. And that's what we're also focused on. Uh, and so like being able to, you know, take advantage of that and, and bring that full picture uh, to customers. So I, 
I, I think there's you know something there uh, on, with regards to additional value for customers. But to your point about personalization, and back to Bill uh, Gill's uh, point, um, is that you know we can do it in a way that it is sort of like doesn't flood you with a whole bunch of stuff um, in terms of like here is the thing that we think you know based on recommendation systems and all the other data and analytics and things that we're doing that we think is the best thing for you to engage with. Or people like you are booking these types of hotels or taking advantage of these restaurants or these types of offers. Like, how do we actually make it so it's very actionable? Um, we have that data. And to your point, Zach, you know, personalization is a big deal uh, for us going forward. And you're going to see a lot more of that. In fact, you know, we've been taking some of the snapshot tiles and things that we have today inside the Chase mobile app, which give individual sort of spending insights and trending history. Um, about your personal uh, finances. And we've been moving that now um, onto the home screen. And so over time, you're going to see like these, you know, these uh, bite-sized sort of uh, insights about your financial trends and spending history right on the home screen inside the Chase mobile app. Uh, and I think over time, you're just going to see more and more of that sort of personalized content uh, on, the, uh, on the home screen uh, going forward. So a lot happening in that, in that world. Um, I'm kind of curious as we, we've, it feels like we're coming out of the pandemic, this long, arduous uh, couple year period. I'm curious to see what you guys are seeing in terms of trends. Well, so I'll speak about, there's a trend internally, which is um, our return to the office coming out of the pandemic. You saw both Roja and I smile because I, I, I do believe that we're coming out of it. And what has been really fascinating to me is during the pandemic, we had no choice but to um, work remotely. So people were working from home. I mean, that was uh, wonderful in its own right. It forced us to uh, in, invest more in our collaboration tools to make it easier for us all to work together. But at the same time, we, we did lose a little bit of that um, human touch. Um, as an example, we had an all hands last week um, in person. It was the first one that like Ro and I have done like truly in person for the entire team. There's an energy that you can pick up on the on the floor when you are totally. in office with people that you forget, even though you can be on Zoom um, with your friends and Zoom happy hours and that sort of thing, which is an entirely different podcast we should have. But what's really exciting about it is, one, we are coming back to the office, but we're coming back to the office in a, a really, um, I think, incredible way, which is aligned to our Agile journey. So if you um, think about Agile, most companies do Agile on two-week sprints. We do the same thing. And the sprints will end in the middle of the week on a Tuesday. And then you have Wednesday and Thursday as you go into your next sprint. The power of us coming back to the office, we're doing Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for, uh, for Chase, where you come in. What's great about this is you're there with your team, your product team, as Rohan had mentioned. You're there with other teams that are doing the same thing. So you have the collaboration, you've got the energy of the office, you can learn from each other, you can build the relationships. But then also, there's two days of working from home where you can have the other benefits and the flexibility to be with family, etc., which is an incredible way to have really agile workforce, but also have a um, flexible workforce. And I don't know that even before the pandemic, we would have been able to do it this way because coming out, it forced us to look at it and what's the right model for us. But it's it's wild. And um, what the most incredible thing for me is when you see people for the first time, sometimes you don't realize you haven't actually met them. Right? Wow. You're sitting there having a conversation like, I've met you. No, you haven't. Like, I've met you. Like, <laughs> you haven't. It's only been on Zoom. It's been two years, but it's been really wild to see. And I think that's the thing we're seeing come out of the pandemic has really changed. Yeah, we're going to be on the road uh, over the next few weeks uh, now that we're sort of hopefully turning the corner, although we'll see, watch this uh, COVID situation very carefully. Jersey City was uh, fantastic to be there with the teams. Looking forward to being out in our other sites uh, very soon. 
Um, but, you know, as Gil mentioned, like having uh, the ability to have that hybrid schedule Monday and Friday, you know, work flexibly, work from home, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, core days in the office, we think is a big deal um, and offers the best of both worlds and the flexibility that people are after. Um, just a couple of other, since you asked about trends, uh, Zach, a couple other things that are top of mind. Uh, you know, first, you know, we talk a lot about omni-channel, but I, I want to give you some examples of what we mean by that and sort of like why that is such a big deal for us. Um, and we always talk about the power of the branch and digital both, not or, but and. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, first, you know, you know, we have really enhanced our meeting scheduler capabilities uh, so that people can book an appointment online and then go see somebody in person or, you know, virtually. Uh, and we think we still believe and we see it from our customers, you know, across the various demographic is that people really want to speak to somebody um, about something very personal to them, which is their finances. And so so we think the, you know, sort of like the the ability to engage digitally and then also virtually uh, being able to have a conversation with a banker or an advisor and do it over video, as an example, or go in the branch. Um, we think that's sort of like, you know, uh, an example of omni-channel and being hybrid. And so that's, you know, we're, we've been busily working on that. Being able to open an account, you may go walk into our branch and a lot of people today walk into our branch to open an account. Uh, and the experience there increasingly over time is going to be, hey, you can do that. We're going to guide you and you can do that on, on your phone. Um, and we'll send you a deep link. You'll be able to open it right up and complete, you know, sort of the account opening on your phone. And so it's like, I started the conversation in person. I complete the process myself on my phone and I'm on my way in minutes. Um, an example of, uh, sort of the, uh, the omni channel. And then also for us, just in terms of how we handle and think about data, um, you know, if you come and have a conversation with us in one channel, we want to be able to connect that to something you might see on a different channel. If you have a conversation with us in the branch, that might influence what you see on digital. So that's an example of, of how we're tying um, the assets together from an omni uh, channel standpoint. And then one other trend, which I think is really important, especially in sort of like these days with regards to you know security and privacy being paramount. And we sort of view that as, as job one uh, for, for customers. Um, and we, we sort of have to earn the right you know, to do all the other things we wanna do because we take care of security and privacy very seriously. Um, but just like the what's happening right now with regards to aggregators um, and and third party, you know, sort of data sharing, we want to make it possible so that customers can, you know, share their information to other third party apps and things they might be doing, um, which is fine. But we have to do that in a secure, uh, secure way. And so we give customers a lot of control over my information is being shared to this third party app and you can go into our security center and turn things on or off. So I think like control is really important, but also, um, you know, it's important to know that we like, for example, when you hook up your account to another uh, uh, thing from a sharing standpoint, all that is done using like virtual account numbers mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to your actual account number. Uh, and we think things like this are a big deal in terms of making sure that we keep you safe um, and that we give you control over where your, your information is going, which is why we've been sort of huge advocates of like pushing people into our APIs and moving away from things like screen scraping, uh, which gives customers control and transparency and visibility into what's what's happening. So I think that's another, another important trend. We've been very visibly out there in terms of our view uh, around uh, moving to secure APIs and giving customers choice and control over where their data is actually going in the ecosystem. Got it. I'm curious what you're both most focused on right now. 
Go ahead, Gil. Yeah, sure. Most focused on. Um, I will. The, the first thing is really going to be um, growing the talent we have um, and hiring um, in diversity. I mean, it is an incredibly hot market, as you can imagine, because every company is doing the same thing, which is really transforming the technology that they, they run. And so it is incredibly important for us. And it's a, something that um, I'm spending a lot of time on as the team is spending a lot of time on to make sure that we are bringing in the best and the brightest and the people that are here have the continued career trajectory, et cetera. And a lot of that, as Rohan mentioned, I, I think I'm an example of that, of the career trajectory, because we are looking for those um, individuals at all levels that are hungry to learn, that are, um, you could be um, the, the best modern cloud engineer, could be a data engineer, or you could be someone that is working on more heritage technology, but the desire to learn to really transform and push things forward is something that we are, are non-stop working on, on doing. And I honestly think that even if the market were to cool, we would continue to do that because technology is just what we do. Um, I love the way Rohan said it, we are Chase and we use technology to deliver financial and increasingly non-financial solutions to customers. So that's one area that we're, we're focused. The other is how we do deliver. And so the market is continuing, the industry continually getting faster and faster. And it's important that we are able to build these products, features, and services that um, Rohan described. And every day there's new ones we want to develop, the industry shifts, et cetera. The way that we're focused, particularly in technology, is changing our software delivery lifecycle. So thinking differently about how we build our software, ensuring that we're able to release software to production at any time with confidence during the day. Why that matters is one, engineers, not just engineers, but everyone in our product organizations, et cetera, gets into the, the business because they want to build solutions for customers. So you want to know that you can take an idea, build it and get it to a customer, not next year, not next month, but today, if you possibly can. So focus on how we build software and get it to um, production for our customers. But tied to that also is how do we do it at our scale in a safe and secure way? Because that is paramount in the first thing we do. And so our, um, shifting left and are thinking about CICD and truly adopting a DevOps mentality in the organization is the other big thing that we're working on. And I actually think it's a trend, not just here, but elsewhere, because as companies get larger, as they want to compete more, the ability to be able to today make a decision, change code, release it is incredibly important for your customer, for the business, but also for the engineer coming out of school, because that's what I still want to do. I'm not just coming out of school now. I want to see my solutions in production. As Gil mentioned, we're, we're super focused on, on talent. Uh, and I think of the role that we have as sort of creating the environment that allows great talent to be successful. And so I mentioned those 100 product teams. I mentioned how we have those roles. Those teams have objectives and key results that are the outcomes that they're driving towards. And then they sort of do that work. Um, and we, we strive as much as possible to have autonomy um, uh, on those teams so that they're able to define their roadmaps and st stay close to customers and, you know, work on the things that are of the highest value um, and not sort of have a whole bunch of other things that are sort of influencing all of that. Um, so I would say like that's, you know, top of mind certainly is talent and creating the environment for a great talent to be successful here. But a few other areas that, you know, uh, spent a lot of time on. The first is, you know, we are uh, taking a hard look and modernizing our core banking environment. Uh, and so, you know, we are slowly moving away, you know, it's going to take some time, but slowly moving away from uh, the legendary mainframes uh, that we have that run some of the core banking and moving that into all, you know, cloud native, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, digital sort of centric capability. 
And that's tough work. You're talking about decades of stuff that's been built over time. And I think from an engineering, from a product development, from a customer experience standpoint, being able to you know, replatform and rethink about how we sort of manage core banking is a huge opportunity, uh, especially at our scale. It's exciting work and we're spending a lot of time very much uh, focused on that. The second thing is our data. Uh, we have a huge amount of data as, as Gil mentioned previously. Uh, and how do we better organize that data um, and make it easier for our analysts and for internal consumption purposes so we can accelerate even further our push on things like machine learning and AI. You know, when you're doing machine learning, the hardest part isn't the machine learning part. It is, if you will, it's the it's the data. Uh, and we've got to get the data right. And we have a lot of it. And so a huge amount of work going in right now to modernize our data, get it into our cloud environment, make it accessible for consumption uh, purposes and make it available to, you know, all the things that we wanted to, to do it with. And then the, sec- the last thing I'll mention is something I touched on before, which is design a lot of work going on uh, in our design function. We have uh, Karen Hansen, who's just our, our chief design officer, and she's just been fantastic. Equally focused like I am in terms of creating the environment for a design-led uh, organization. But we have been assessing all of the experiences that we have, all the customer journeys that we have, and identifying where we have we feel like we have customer experience gaps, where we need to improve, how do we prioritize that work in the backlog of the various product teams. And so really obsessing over you know, every single interaction and touch point that customers have with us and how we improve it. Uh, and so that's just been another big push for us in spending time on design, being design-led, and then changing the way we do product development, um, which is to really spend a lot of time understanding the problem, understanding the intent of the customer before we get into and jump into a solution, but really make sure we understand the problem that we're solving uh, has been a big focus uh, for us. So those are just a few areas and we could probably go on into any one of those for a long period of time, but exciting times for sure. I, I love the ambition. Uh, one of the, I want to go back to something Gil said because his eyes lit up when he was talking about hiring. Um, what skill sets is, is Chase looking for today? Uh, I guess to satisfy you know the requirements today and as you're thinking about maybe some technologies or, or business problems coming down the pike. Yeah. It's, it's almost which skill set are we not hiring for, Zach, is, is probably a better way of answering that. Um, there's the attitude and aptitude, I think, is the number one thing that we really are looking for. Now, if I am looking for potentially a mobile engineer, because we're hiring, it, it is true, we're hiring all sorts of te- technologies, design, et cetera. But we're looking for those individuals that really are hungry to learn. So people that um, want to not only build the net new but are also interested in how the systems today work so they can help us move from some of our legendary systems the way that Rohan mentioned into um, more new modern microservices architecture. So we're looking at people that have experience, we're looking at people that are out of school, people that, are, that have that hunger. The, the constant learning doesn't stop even in the first part of uh, someone's tenure here because even the technology that we're building, Zach, that is in four years going to be technology that we say, you know what, we might want to do something different. And so that's why we think about it through that lens. It's also important that we have a diverse team for a variety of reasons. There's a, the science behind it that diverse teams are more innovative, more efficient, productive, et cetera. And we, we know all of that, but also our customers, right? We, we serve a good portion of the United States and beyond. And our customers, we should reflect who our customers are and the people that, that we hire and that work here because we better understand our customers when we do that. And so it's so important for us, which is why you saw my, my eyes light up too, because there's such an opportunity to create incredible careers for people while also changing people's lives positively with the work that we do. Um, and we're also looking for those leaders 
that are interested in doing that same thing and growing the next generation of people too, because it's going to be so important for us to continue to be the company we are and continue to be a going concern that we have people that are as passionate as I know that Rohan is too, as passionate as we are about growing, grooming and providing that mobility for people here, focusing on diversity and moving. Um, but specifically, yes, we are looking at people that have skills in AWS, skills in mobile, skills in if you Java, database engineers, you name the, the skill set we are looking. But we are here to also help train because we want people to make a career here, not just a, a job. So if you have a skill you're, you, and it's good and you want to learn something else, we have programs here to also help train and grow people through their time in uh, Chase and JP Morgan. You know, also as a sort of a, another point about the maturity of our model and approach that we've been taking is that, yes, we're obviously trying to hire uh, engineers and, and uh, you know, we hire tons of engineers, thousands of engineers. Um, but we also want to have the right balance and have hiring product managers, designers, and folks, you know, working in our data and analytics space. And so we watch all that carefully, meaning like if you're hiring a bunch of engineers in a particular space, you need to make sure you have the complement of data, product, and uh, design. And so to that point, we've been hiring hundreds of designers. We've been hiring hundreds of product developers uh, and product managers and, you know, in people in our data and analytics space. And so it's all of those moving together. Um, to make sure that you're, you know, building the right thing and you're building it the right way uh, is sort of the is sort of the mindset. And so it's the complement of of skill sets that we think are important in addition to the engineering skill set. Got it. I'm hearing from both of you, um, particularly in your work together, but just in general, this move to agile and, and the collaboration between teams across the company. I'm curious how you're um, promoting that type of collaboration um, internally uh, between teams. So you go, Gil and I, we do um, what we call uh, pr uh, product reviews uh, and portfolio reviews with the teams. And we do that across all hundred of our products that we have inside of, uh, inside of Chase. Um, and we think, I personally think, um, you know, the way we run them, which is jointly, uh, is really important to drive that collaboration. And so what you see happening in those reviews is the, 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 those four roles that I talked about, those four uh, leaders of that particular product get together and talk about the outcomes and where they are on that product jointly. Mm. And what you see happening in that interaction is like a blurring of the lines, which I think is great. In some cases, you might have the technology person talking about what's happening in design or in product side, or the product person talking about the data and analytics that's driving and informing their roadmap or what they have to do to modernize a microservice and create one so that they can you know, uh, get to the cloud fast or whatever it is they're doing. But like seeing that sort of, that you know the the different folks on the team being able to speak about what other people are doing, um, I think is a sign of the maturity of the model. We hold those leaders jointly accountable for those outcomes. And so you know if a product manager said something like, "Well, I, I don't know anything about that. That's just sort of like my engineering person's responsibility." Uh-uh. And so like you know if you're a product manager in this organization, you have to know exactly what's going on with the tech. Uh, and you have to know, because we have a lot of work going on to modernize, get to the cloud, you know, continue to enhance our data, uh, you know, create more autonomy for teams, make long-term investments in the, in the technology stack and how you're building. And to Gil's earlier point around how do we create software so you can release, you know, whenever you need to. All of that is important, uh, you know, as a product manager. You can't just focus on the nice, shiny customer experience thing. Like, you got to focus on all of it. Uh, and so I think from the top, we drive sort of the, the teams to, you know, be jointly accountable for those outcomes. The end to end 
of a, you know, running a product completely, uh, we think is really important. And then all of the, you know, the ways that we engage the organization, uh, you know, for example, Gil and I send uh, a weekly note um, that's from us, you know, uh, one week Gil does it, one week I do it. And we send it to like the entire organization collectively. And so everybody sees, you know, my priorities and what's on my mind and also his and what's on his mind. Um, and then like the town halls that I mentioned, like we do those together. And so like, we just, we try to, um, you know, uh, demonstrate that partnership uh, and lead by example between the two of us. And uh, the hope is that, and we see it in the organization where everyone is trying to sort of mimic that uh, as well. And so I, I think a big part of this is leading from the front and, and setting the example and, and others uh, follow as well. I will echo that same point you made that leading from the, the front leadership does matter here, Zach. There are times where I give away a little bit of the secret. Well, we might be on one of our product portfolio reviews and we're texting with each other. Are, are you going to ask that question or am I asking that question? Who, who's going to ask this, which is us leading together through it. Um, there's something else that I think is really important and it goes back to how we organize around agile. And I want to give Rohan and, and Alice and others a bit of uh, credit on this, which is we organized around product back which means no longer were we organized around how our organization was structured because we changed how our organization was structured about a year and a half ago to be structured like the products that we want to build. And that's a really important thing because that means that product design, data, and tech truly are accountable for that product, which allows them to operate the way that Rohan just mentioned. And a lot of places don't necessarily make that leap. It's hard to make that change, but we're so committed to being a truly agile organization that we felt making that organizational change was the right thing for the org. And we're seeing that because we can operate the way that Rohan just mentioned, because it is that quad that is running the team. They know they're accountable. They know their backlog. Everyone knows where to go. And then if we make decisions as a group, those decisions hold. So you can be collaborative in a much different way. So it's incredible to see that, but that's part and parcel to why we're able to do that. Gil, Rowan, I wanted to uh, thank you for joining us on Tearsheet Podcast. It's been a fantastic conversation. Thanks so much, Zach. Appreciate it.